Welcome to another episode of The Cubic Report. This is episode number 33. We're glad that you joined us today. My guest today is one of my fellow board members at LifeNets, a nonprofit public charity that many of you listeners have heard about. His name is Don Turgeon. He lives in Indianapolis with his family. We are very fortunate to have him serve on the board of LifeNets. He is a certified public accountant. We have appreciated his skills in advising us, helping us with financial strategy and controls, our annual report, and much more. On top of that, he's just a great friend. So welcome to our podcast, Don. Well, thank you, Vic. It's certainly a pleasure to be here with you tonight. Good. Well, I'm so glad that you took the time here. And I also have my wife with me here, uh, quietly sitting to my, uh, to my <laughs> right. And uh, she is the president and the chairman of LifeNets, who has done a lot of preparatory work. And so we might have her chime in as well. But Don, you've been on our board of directors now for more than 10 years. In fact, it may be more than that. Uh, LifeNets has been added for 23 years. And I know that when you moved from, I believe it was Cleveland down here, mm -hmm. you kind of got uh, curious about what we were doing. And we asked you to be on the board of directors. And sure enough, you said yes. And you have been on that board all this time. And your continuous support and involvement has been very much appreciated. And you've also shown us very steady, continuous support, as all of our board members have, and always have good contributions for our meetings. Now, Don, we just held a board of directors meeting a few days ago, and I felt it was one of the most animated meetings that we had because we've had one of our best quarters ever. And I know that after the business part, we sat and talked for almost an hour afterwards about the various projects that, that, that we do. So uh, I would like to just hear from you because a lot of the things that I contribute or the things that I put out as far as communication, and I do most of the newsletters and I do the website and everything, it all comes from me. And I just feel like, is that the way it's perceived? You know? <laughs> Sometimes I wonder, how does it come across? And I always appreciate feedback, and especially I appreciate feedback from our board of directors, and I appreciate that from Don. So Don, uh, give us your input. First of all, maybe tell us a little bit about the work that you do uh, in, in your real world, so to speak, and uh, then tell us a little bit about your involvement with LifeNets. Yeah, no, sure, Vic. Um, yeah, when I'm not at LifeNet meetings, my life outside is, uh, I've had a number of different um, uh, jobs, mostly on the financial side and varying varying roles and responsibilities, uh, mostly in the, in the food sector. Uh, my wife has enjoyed that over the years, companies like Nestle, and I've had a lot of good food treats I've enjoyed in addition to keeping track of the numbers. So um, I certainly enjoy that side and uh, currently working at another food manufacturing company. Um, that's sort of been my niche and various financial roles from VP of finance and CFO roles. So I've enjoyed that. I enjoy the people side as well. And uh, certainly I've, I've enjoyed, I just want to take a step back, Vic and Bev, and just say, it's just, I'm always just amazed and honored to be a part of this uh, organization. You mentioned the time on the board, time does fly. It's amazing. I look back and it's, uh, it was 2004 actually when I joined the board. Wow. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> it is, it is pretty crazy how time goes and it's, uh, you mentioned our, our most recent meeting, I, and I would think I would speak on behalf of a lot of the board of directors, if not all of them. 
that I think even though it's been 18 and for you, it's been 23 years, I don't know, there's just a level of excitement that's still in the air because uh, you mentioned I was curious about this and and really curious in the sense because when we think about our walk and our Christian walk and so many things we want to do, so much of it is like I think we all at the core would love to get involved with humanitarian efforts and helping out. I mean, that's what we're <clears throat> attempting to live. So. Um, it was just great when I heard about what you were doing and really wanted to see if I could get involved and very, very glad to be on the board. And it's been an honor to be there and just involved with so many wonderful programs that, again, every time I go to a meeting and we discuss things, just amazed and uh, at the great things that have happened over all these years that just have real immediate impact on people's lives. And again, the level of excitement, I come home and I'll talk I'll talk to my wife for another hour when we get home and just tell her things that we discussed and things. And it's it, that level of excitement just tells me this is really a good thing and it's it's a good thing to be a part of. Well, that's just really great great to hear that. Bev, do you like to say a word? Well, I appreciate everyone who is taking you know taking a part in in LifeNets, and I appreciate our board members a great deal because we're not only a part of a board, but we are also very good friends, and and that all works together well. So just uh, this evening, I've been trying to find a project. Uh, we get requests from time to time of people just asking, uh, this family that asks every year in December what they can support because they work for a company that doubles their um, donation. And so I was just trying to find something that would uh, fit that niche that I can send to them so that they can analyze it and see if that is what they'd like to support this year. Last year they supported a tractor, a tractor for Ghana. And uh, we've gotten pictures on that now and that makes them, you know, all of us excited to, to see the actual product that was purchased because of their generosity. So I'm giving thought to that and just see if I can find something that fits their niche again here. Yeah, we're at close to the end of the year, you know, and people are coming in with year-end donations, and it's just very, very interesting uh, to see their enthusiasm and the growth of that and the desire to have something that's a very uh, helpful thing, mostly in a community way. That's that's great. But now back to Don. Uh, our focus really here is, is Don, you know, and like I said, Bev and I together really have appreciated him. Uh, tell me, what interested you most with LifeNets at the very beginning. I know that you always seem to speak up about the scholarship program. LifeNets is involved in a number of very, very uh, effective projects. And, you know, we have changed them out. We've gone to the things that really have been the most bang for the buck and something that has been a very good, produced good outcomes in people's lives. But what interested you most and really what has kind of uh, been the number one area that's been of special interest to you? Sure, sure. Yeah, it's really, it's tough to choose, but I think you hit it on the head there. I think initially, Vic, and it still stayed one of my favorite programs. And it's hard to choose. It's like, what's your favorite ice cream, right? But uh, I really think that scholarship program is, is, is such a great thing. Because, again, for anyone who doesn't realize it, I think in some of these countries, and again, sometimes we're so U.S.-centric and we think of college and you're just sticker shocked and it's hard to even deal with sometimes as a parent. But in some of these countries, and Bev, you probably have better exact numbers on this, but it seems like, you know, for a couple thousand dollars, we can get a, a person through a four-year program 
whether it's in architecture or, you know, medicine or business, and they can come out with a degree and be contributing and on their way to a really good occupation. So when I first heard that and heard the dollars involved and how quickly you can take a person in a really tough situation and get them that scholarship money, I just thought that's just amazing. It continues to be one of my favorite programs. Um, because again, being on the finance side, you see the bang for the buck on that one. And I think it's just really exciting. I, and you probably have the exact numbers, how many scholarships we've done over the years in various countries. But again, they're all great programs, tough to choose. I mean, all the ones with cattle and, 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 you know, relief efforts. And, and that's another thing I think that is so unique. Like some organizations are pretty specific to certain causes. What I think is great, and Bev, you hinted, hint, hinted at it as well, I mean, another program with a tractor and different things, the variety of ways that we can help out in LifeNets is really, really exciting. Um, so the variety of programs is just great, but that scholarship program is really one of my favorites, for sure. Yeah, I know that we have uh, appreciated your enthusiasm for it. And believe me, Don, I look to our board members for what they're enthusiastic about. If they're not enthusiastic, you know, and just kind of right. right. turn up their nose, then it's discouraging and say, well, let's move on to something else. But you've been there with the scholarship program from day one. And we've typically had 80 to as many as 100 students a year that we help in a very, mm. very realistic way. In fact, we've right. been going more to make sure that the courses they take are the kinds that lead to some type of vocation and they've kind of actually gone more the vocational route but we've had i think that our number one scholarship was where we were able to provide somebody with uh, funds for five years of medical school for less than twenty thousand dollars and graduate somebody who was one of the very few medical doctors in Zambia. To us, that's a great accomplishment of somebody mm -hmm. who would not have had anything near that. And we've had other vocations that, uh, in, in education, in data management, in, in all those areas that it gives us a great deal of joy to see them be successful. Oh, definitely. That cost of going to school as a medical student was beyond that uh, 2000 a year. Eight, I th believe I capped it at 1800 a year. And mm -hmm. but the parents covered the rest of it, but we made it possible for her to to get started and and to be a part of it and and then the parents covered the rest of it. So that that was an expensive one. And it was extra years. Yes. Right. In, right. in the US that would be like a quarter of a million dollars <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> with a lot of debt. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, lifetime, yeah, lifetime debt. But no, and I love the stories, Bev, when you put them out there and anyone gets a chance to look at those at the end when the student has graduated and they just, you know, they're so grateful for the opportunity and they got a chance to really start out on the right path in life. It's, it's, a, it's a great, great program. Don, what have you involved yourself with most with uh, LifeNets? I know that I look to you every year for a particular infographics, you know, with our right. annual report yeah. and that type of thing. It's down to something which is automatic for us. And I never, as one who, you know, uh, runs things here, take it for granted the work that people put into it. I mean, every single one of our board members has done a lot of work. But uh, what have you involved yourself in most? Well, I think the things I've gotten involved with Vic over the years is, and, I, and again, I would say the beautiful thing about our organization being on the board, I see the inner workings and I see how meticulous 
you and Bev are with our funds and how things are accounted for. But sometimes not everyone sees that interplay, right? And how we operate as an organization. And some of the things I've enjoyed being a part of is like getting our getting approved by the Better Business Bureau, right? We got we got that established and got that on our website, right? And working with them and that organization, it just gives it a stamp because when you get into this, as you well know, and you get into this nonprofit donation world, right? People want to feel very, very comfortable where that money's going. And I think it's been, I've enjoyed spending some time there making sure and trying to add input where I can um, in our reporting, some of the things, how we state things to make sure people realize that this is a very meticulous, above board, highly ethical organization where funds have, we have very little administrative or overhead costs where funds are going out to programs. And um, just trying to help and do my part if we can, trying to see if I can add value there to help that messaging. Uh, whether it's through organizations that validate us, whether it's through our reporting, whether it's how we deal with any of the audits that we've had over the years, trying to help in those areas so people realize this. If you donate to LifeNets, you can be very, you can sleep at night knowing that the funds are being used in the right way. Well, we know that a nonprofit organization operates on trust. Right. People don't trust you. They don't have to give to you. They'll, they'll not only not give to you, but maybe you'll even be blackballed as somebody who wastes money or does not account for it or it's used in a way that isn't reported uh, the, the way that it should be. So we really heavily rely on the trust that people have placed in us. And our, our, our philosophy or our pattern has been is that people contribute, start contributing to, to LifeNets, they repeat their contribution, and then they increase their contribution as mm -hmm. they themselves become involved in whether it be scholarships or there have been other programs that have interested people. There have been programs such as dealing with orphans or cattle or water boreholes. I mean, we have people in Africa, of course, water is, is very, very critical need, and they don't have anywhere near the kind of system of uh, water that we have in our country. It relies on boreholes that basically is the life structure, the lifeblood, if you could put it, in the communities. And we've been able to put many boreholes in because it's a typical, as you've seen photos in Africa, and it's for real, where women carry water all day long, sometimes a mile or two or even more, several times a day. Their whole life is spent in walking back and forth to a source of water. And we try to put these sources closer to them. And, and people just get very excited about that in this country, that we can do that, we can help somebody in that way. And we have, for example, one particular party that says, I'll help with very generously with, huh. with, with boreholes as we need them. Yeah, it's, um, it, it's, it's another thing that I've enjoyed with life, and that's because it's so easy to get US-centric, right? And some of the stuff you've described, it's, it's been amazing over these last 18 years when you hear these stories that you bring up and Bev brings up that these are, this is really, this is not happening. This didn't happen in, the, in 1800. This is happening today. And people are living in some very unbelievable, difficult situations. So I think, I think we all get excited. And you're saying even, I, I know kids at schools have gotten involved with boreholes and just to give people clean living water so someone's not walking, like you said, all day. It's just it's just amazing that these these things are still happening, and that to be able to help out in any way that we can, again, that's why I don't think the excitement ever leaves because there's always something there's some good that can be done, and that's why some of these programs you're mentioning it's really it's expanded my view because it's really hard to understand that 
until you see the program, understand the details and hear, and hear more about what's happening in some of these um, parts of the world that we don't very often as Americans sometimes have to involve ourselves with. Yeah, and it's also something which has gotten the fantasy of the dreams of even high school students here. One right. particular case, we had a young lady by the name of Rebecca that said, for my birthday, instead of giving me gifts, I'd like you to support a well, a, a borehole. And it's on the property of people that we know, and it's open to the community. And we have a big sign on the thing, Rebecca's Well. <laughs> Every time we've gone back to visit, we've gone back to Rebecca's Well to see it. You know, it's kind of a memorial or, or a monument to somebody's goodwill on this end, but also providing uh, a couple in a very, very poor couple. The husband has since died uh, in Malawi for, uh, for water, for irrigation and drinking. Yeah, and I think to that point, Vic, I, I think I've seen it with my kids as well. I mean, just that exposure or that involvement. I think most people, and especially young people nowadays, they, they just they just want to be involved. They want to help. They're looking for some humanitarian cause. And I think it's like anything, the younger you start in life, that just becomes now a part of who you are. And it's a beautiful thing when you see people now just looking and trying to help and trying to, to lend a hand. And if we can start start with younger people at a younger ages getting involved it's just beautiful to see them develop that way and, and blossom and, and reach out and try to help uh help those around us uh who are less fortunate i know that we are living in a world where there are many unfortunate people and it's it's the world that god has left us with you know we, mm -hmm. we, we had the responsibility god even gives instructions about helping those who are hungry who are not properly clothed or those who are incarcerated i mean in, in different ways helping people God could have fixed all that, but he wants to have us be able to open our hearts to these to people down. And right. that's, that's where I feel like LifeNets provides a conduit. It provides the ability to be able to be in these faraway countries, in the heart of Zambia, where hardly anybody visits, you know, for humanitarian yeah. reasons. I mean, there are other people there, but in people, in areas that are extremely remote, hard to get to. Uh, it's it's just a pain even to get to South Africa and then from there go on to Zambia and then by car into the interior. Oh. But it's so satisfying afterwards to see things blossom and sprout. So uh, we have gotten a great deal of satisfaction out of that, and we feel that like we are fulfilling a biblical injunction to do so. Don, can you speak of some specific event that you have found to be particularly touching about LifeNets? Uh, well, I, I think there are a couple of things early on that I, you know, because obviously I'm, when I came, when I joined, you had programs and things going. So you always want to try to get involved and do something. There are a couple of things that, sh that stand out as I think back over the years. One of the ones, Vic, we had that we had that trip to the Lions Club where they had this uh, they had that huge processing center for eyeglasses. Mm -hmm. uh, we did that. I was looking at the site. It's amazing. Again, how time has, flied, fl has flown. Uh, in 2005, we went to Upland, Indiana, their processing center. And it was just a real, it was just real neat to see what they do with these restored eyeglasses. Again, something that's so easy to take for granted here in the U.S., but to get involved and have those shipments of glasses going into countries like Thailand and other international countries. And just hearing the reports and the stories back of like, again, putting on glasses and having sight, right? It's something that, again, we don't think, probably don't even think that much because it's the access is so different here. But I thought that was just a great program initially to see that, where it started, see the end results, see the stories on the website. That 
that was very, very touching to me. And to see, to see that program working that way and helping people at a very, very basic level. I, I really enjoyed that. And the other one I would probably mention, and you guys might cringe at this over the years, but it was great at the time when we had those large containers and all the work that went into the large containers of various... Bev is cringing right now. <laughs> she has to be cringing. Only, and I only say that because, wow, the coordination and the effort that went into those containers. I remember you talking about all the permits and the freight and the cost and what we could put in there and coordinating, getting it over there and getting people to unload it. But boy, inside those container, all on those containers, it was a, it was a treasure chest of supplies and things that people really, really needed. And the work we had on this end to load it up and, and to get it, the excitement level to ship that out. And I look back at those containers that went over, that was just remarkable right? That they could open that and just have things that they wouldn't otherwise have access to. And the effort and all the works and the months that went into that to get that to happen, it's still remarkable. etched in my mind, that whole process of getting that much moved over and the logistics and the coordination. Um, can't even imagine that in some ways today, but it was a, it was a great, maybe Bev, you want to talk about a memory on that one, but I thought that was those that program especially was will always stay with me. They, they were very valuable at the time because the products that uh, were needed, especially in some of the medical areas, um, right. they were not able to get them locally. So the containers were very valuable at that time. But today it's a little different because most everything is available now that you can purchase it in, even in these countries or it can be shipped in from a nearby country. And so we rely heavily then on the donations and people have been very generous in that way so that they can actually purchase it locally. It saves a lot of work on our end, but I know what you're saying, Don. It was, it was exciting to be able to do that right. and to ship all that. And I'm sure it was exciting on the other end to find all those little presents inside. Right. <laughs> so. right. But, it, but it, you, you, raise a, you raise an interesting point too. I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's not that many years ago, but the world has changed so much where now you're right. Some of these supplies where we said before you had to ship and ship and ship, they're there local. Now it's a matter of just getting funds for helping the purchase, which is great. That's a big improvement in our world, right? And so some of the focus doesn't have to be necessarily on that getting things over there's more funding and other projects like we said the borehole and some relief programs and other things that have to happen when natural disaster strikes and other ongoing programs that are have to be in place just basic food you know food programs that are in place but it is it is certainly good that that some of that stuff is now in some of those local markets like you said but it's changed a lot in the last 15 years for sure yeah we had built uh, two clinics earlier in the early 2000s in, in Malawi. And of course, those clinics needed medicine. And we were able to find a source for medicine of uh, manufactured medicine in India that was shipped to Holland that we were able to ship on down to uh, those countries at one-tenth the cost of what it would cost here. Mm -hmm. So, so we, had, we had those exciting things. But now we find that a lot of, that, a lot of those types of medications are available in those countries. And we right. can actually work through other nonprofits that have figured out you know, how to do that. And we've tried to find the most efficient way to do it so we don't have to start from ground zero and invent everything. Yeah, that, that's, that's certainly an advantage, like you said, that some of those local resources um, focuses needs in other directions that are always going to be there, right, that are still there, but just not in that area. One program that we have in this country 
the only one that we have for the U.S. is our wheelchair program. That's also on our website under lifenet.org forward slash wheelchair. And uh, we have about 100 wheelchairs that we uh, are able to match in a unique matching program where people donate uh, online. <laughs> they still keep the wheelchair, and then it's matched to somebody who's close to them. And th th that was a program that actually brought some attention uh, through USA Today, uh, which had a, read an article about that. And uh, we had a magazine in Indianapolis that wrote about that. So that was interesting. And we still have that program mm -hmm. running as part right. of an Eagle Scout project back in uh, about 2000 or so that uh, one of our board members, who is now deceased, Tom Piney, was able to start. So we've had interesting things that have been almost uh, an invention that we've been able to continue. But we have about 100 wheelchairs. And for some reason, for some reason, when people looked up, I'm not sure if it's that way on the SEO, we were up there with uh, National Wheelchair Foundation. When people looked wow. up looking for a wheelchair donation or wheelchair donate, you'd have National Wheelchair Foundation, and then you'd have Life Nuts, which was so, oh, wow. one, wow. did, one did 2 million chairs a year, and another one did 100. And that brought in a lot of people in looking and donating. And we had some very, very fine uh, equipment donated to us, and then which was able to be redistributed in areas locally. So that, that has worked out real well. So we've had some, uh, some good things like that. And those are, those are good quality wheelchairs too, right? Depends on what's donated. We can only yeah, pass true. along whatever people donate to us. So uh, sometimes they're brand new. Sometimes, right. uh, you know, we always have to ask. Lots of times the batteries have been depleted because people don't keep them plug, plugged in and uh, then they go dead. So we have helped with replacing batteries from time to time if necessary. But lots of times the wheelchair, you know, people pass away and, and no longer need their wheelchairs. And if, uh, if we can find a home for them, that's, that's terrific. Somebody else can use them that needs them. Don, did you participate in any of the ABC fundraisers that have co-opted with uh, LifeNets? Only have only participated in the sense we. I remember we went down. I think with with you and Bev, or when the kids were really young, and I remember Anna falling asleep that night. But uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, and just being part of the bidding and some of the stuff that was going on that night. But again, I, I, for anyone who doesn't know, I think it's a um, it's a great fundraiser that ABC puts on. Uh, in support of LifeNets. They do a great job with that. And uh, it's nice that they've made that an annual event. And I don't know the latest on that, if they structure it to a certain project or not. But again, I, I just think instilling that in our young people, that outreach, that whole thought process of putting together an evening, spending some time raising funds and and in an effort to uh, contribute is, is just a great legacy that's been built into ABC, which is really, really nice to see. You'll need to make a point of coming this year. Your daughter I may would, be involved. <laughs> I think I, I, I think I think I will be there. Yes, yes, I will. Last year it was uh, to buy a bus for Zambia. What we do is, you know, Africa has a whole whole economy connected with J Japan, and Japan ships many many used buses to uh, mm. to, to Africa, and so. We bought one, uh, and the fundraiser for ABC last year was to provide a bus for a 28-seater, usually that packs up to about 40 to 45, <laughs> African <Wow>. style. <laughs> you know, we have done this for communities, you know, to transport people who basically can't get from place to place 
unless they walk. And that's another one too. Just on a quick side note, Vic, I mean, about the, the vehicles that you, LifeNets has has um, been able to procure over the years too. And again, something we take for granted here with transportation almost being so easy in the U.S. But in some of those areas, when you describe some of the some of the ways and the roads and the lack of transportation, it, it's it's really amazing what a difference like a vehicle you describe it could make in those parts of the world. Right. In some of the areas we've been to, you know, we have also provided a building. We call them community centers because we want them to be more than just a church. They have been. They've been used for the community. In one case, one of our church buildings has dorms aside to it, which functions as a facility for housing students because the building was built in an area that was zoned for universities, for colleges, and churches. And so there were a lot of students in the area, which still works out. And it's turned out to be something that has even brought an income to those areas. But we mm. have built a number yeah. of community centers and churches in Malawi, at least two, in Zambia, you know, quite a number of, of buildings. And that, that's been a very joyful to us to see uh, something built and used for church and used for the community. Well, one thing, you know, you mentioned that, uh, you know, we have been accredited by the Better Business Bureau as a nonprofit. We've also worked with uh, other organizations uh, that have been very, very gracious and good to us. Uh, the Rotary Foundation has been very good to us and uh, has given us uh, way over $100,000 in, in various uh, grants. Uh, what the, the biggest one at the beginning was one for two ambulances. We, we bought two SUVs that were converted to ambulances, brand new ones. Uh, that were used, one for each of the two clinics that we had. We were very grateful you know, to Rotary that trusted us, that trusted our ability to manage and make sure that they were used the way they should, should be. We also had Rotary fund a number of boreholes. And boreholes can cost anywhere from 5000 to $8,000, uh, as low as $3,000. A borehole is a well that is drilled, it is drilled deep so that water is available year-round. It's not something that's hand-dug. It's uh, something which is drilled, and year-round the water can be used, and the water in the well will last for many years. But we had Rotary help us out with that. They've also, in one case, a couple of years ago, we had some vandalism on one of our properties, and I was just surprised, just so pleased that our Rotary Club really helped us out with stolen items like solar panels, and at you know to help mm -hmm. out, so we've had paying, a, paying for them. Yeah, to, to, yeah, the yeah, 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 to, to, to purchase that. So we've had a good reputation uh, right. with with the uh, Rotary Club, which I have been a member of also for 23 years. It's almost the same time as with LifeNets that has been very good to us and appreciated what we do. And I've given many presentations showing the kinds of work that that, that we do. So Don, is there anything else that you would like to say? Yeah, I guess I would just say. Um, I've really have enjoyed these this these uh, these years working with, obviously with you and with um, Bev. I think some of the things that really resonate with LifeNets for those who are thinking about the organization and want to understand more. I, I just think it's I think it's the variety the variety of projects that that LifeNets is able to offer and the immediate impact that's that's there. It's it's really neat at our meetings where we have sometimes you'll know specific situations where money can go and directly help somebody. I, I, really, I really enjoy, enjoy the, the variety of projects that LifeNets is able to offer. And lastly, I'll just say, it's like I said earlier, it's broadened my worldview. 
it's given me a lot more empathy for people in some very, very difficult situations. And I'm glad for a small role that I have on this board to be able to help out and to be able to try to assist where I can and um, be a part of an organization that is very, very active in helping change people's lives. Well, we have appreciated what you've done physically, but we also appreciate just the way that you've expressed yourself and showed that enthusiasm. Thank you so much, Don. Uh, thank, thank you so much, Rick. Thank, thank you, Beth. Thank you to everyone also who has been so generous. I just want to say here at this end is the fact that inflation is huge around the world, and that's making it more and more difficult for these countries that are already poor, as well as I know people right here in our own country. So prayers for that and uh, for people just to be able to have the necessary food, clothing, and life that, uh, that God provides. So um, mm-hmm. we all need to have help in that at this point in our, our stage of life. And I'd like to also encourage all of you to come to our website, lifenets.org. Sign up for our newsletter. We don't have it too often, about three, four times a year. But also our website pretty much has a running blog of our activities. And you can see the things that we do explained far better than we've done here. One of the biggest things that we've done here in this last year has been the Ukrainian relief in the war with of Russia's invasion of Ukraine and working with victims of that war. And there's a whole running blog. I won't even get into it here, but we've been very, very helping them through people that we have known for a long time. I might just say, too, is that as we are relationship bound here in this country on this side, we're also that way on the other end. Some of the people that I have worked with to deliver aid are people that I went to college with 50 years ago. And, you know, I've known them. I, I, I know exactly who they are. They're people we have trusted, people we have visited. And that, that's what has brought out a great deal of trust as far as being able to deliver things in the way that they should. Don, thank you very much. We have really appreciated your participation here this evening. Thank you so much for everything. Oh, thank you, Vic. Thank you for asking me to do this. We thank you, our listeners, for joining us here today for The Cubic Report. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please share it and tell your friends about it. We can be found on a variety of platforms, including Podbean, which includes information about this podcast, Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible, Pocketcaster, and other podcasting platforms. You can easily find us on any browser address bar by simply typing in the words, The Cubic Report, and there we are. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your impressions and suggestions. So write to us at thecubic at gmail.com, V-K-U-B-I-K at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. Come back soon for more.